0: We've last left Joseph. He was falsely accused by Potiphar's wife of attempted rape. He was put into prison by Potiphar. And we read in Genesis 39, verse 20 then Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were confined, and he was there in prison. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy. He gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. I've entitled this lesson, Joseph in the Joint. That's what the joint is. You know, a lot of times we have that euphemism for for prison. It's called the joint. And Joseph is in prison. Uh, Bobblehead Joseph has been found, for those of you who have been looking. He has been found. Liam McGuire found him. And he's going to be in Liam's class uh, this Wednesday night. So... Uh, enjoy that and, and thank Liam for finding Bobblehead Joseph. You guys looked hard. I know you did. I know you did. He was hidden in plain sight, though, wasn't he, Liam? He was hidden in plain sight. He sure was. Sure was. But he's been found, and Joseph is in the joint. And I want to use. If you'll turn your Bibles to Genesis 40, I want to use Genesis 40 as an allegory. An allegory is a story in which the characters and the events they symbolize and they stand for certain ideas about human life. And so that's what I'd like to use Genesis 40, an allegory for our lives today. First thing we've got to understand about this story in Genesis 40 and about our lives today is we deal with a lot of failure. In fact, in this lesson in Genesis chapter 40 verse 1, we must understand that we're dealing in this story with a couple of failures. It came to pass after these things... That the butler and the baker of the king of Egypt offended their lord the king of Egypt now we don't know what they did one commentator said they, there may have been a full plot to assassinate pharaoh and he was trying to get, pharaoh was trying to get to the bottom of it so what he does is he imprisons the most likely less suspects until everything could be sorted out in the ancient Old Testament world, we talked about this in our class this morning, Egypt is very unique there are no prisons in the ancient world Egypt is very unique in even having prisons in the ancient world the point is, the butler and the baker, they offended the king of Egypt they offended the most powerful ruler in the known world and you know what we can understand that as Christians, we can understand that. For all have sinned, Romans 3 23, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every one of us are failures in a way. We have failed the most powerful being in the universe. Sometimes over and over and over and over again. James chapter 3, verse 2 says, For we all stumble in, in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he's a perfect man. Able also to bridle the whole body. Are we perfect? No. And we fail and fall in many things. So we've, we first got to understand that we're dealing with a couple of failures here. Verse 2, Genesis chapter 40. And Pharaoh was angry with his two officers, the chief butler and the chief baker. So he put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard. That would be Potiphar. You see how the Lord's working things out here? He put him in in, in the captain of the guard in the prison, the place where Joseph was confined. Know this, Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Eternal life is a gift from God even though we're sinners. Even though we should get paid death. Even though we shouldn't go to this prison. We shouldn't have a chance. We should just die. We have hope because of Jesus Christ and what He did for us. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 And you Christians, you Christians, He made alive who were dead in trespasses and sin. He's made us alive. We don't have to be dead. Everybody's looking for a friend, and you can't find a better friend than Jesus Christ. The lost need a friend like Jesus today. And so did the butler and the baker. I want you to notice, look at verse 4 of Genesis 40. And the captain of the guard, that would be Potiphar, he charged Joseph with them and he served them. So they were in custody for a while. We don't know how long that while was, but during that while they became very sad. Joseph was a prisoner, if you notice, and he not only was a prisoner, he was a servant to prisoners, he was about as low as you could go. These who were used to a nice life, the, 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 the butler and the baker were used to a nicer life than a prison life. They needed a friend. You know, we sing, there's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. Jesus is our friend. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. Matthew 20, verse 28, Just that the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give His life a ransom for many. We too must be a friend to the downtrodden like Joseph was. He was a friend to them. He not only was their servant, He actually served them. He wanted to be with them and help them. He didn't just do His job. He did more than was required. We too must be a friend of the downcast and the downtrodden. It says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, Let this mind be in you writes Paul, which also was in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. He came, he came, he came to us just like Joseph came to these prisoners in the prison, a bondservant. He came in likeness of men and being in a found a, an appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Like Joseph and Jesus, we must take the form of a servant. We must be a friend. Look at verse 5, Genesis 40. Then the butler and the baker of the king of Egypt who were confined in the prison had a dream. Both of them, each man's dream in one night, and each man dream, each man's dream with his own interpretation. And Joseph came in to them in the morning and looked at them and saw that they were sad. The Hebrew phrase... For sad carries with it a, a sad, forlorn countenance. Yes, it, it does. But there may even been a, a blowing of the breath. Uh, there may have even been a pacing. They may have been pacing about their jail cell. Uh, this sadness comes with it, just the countenance, just the whole feeling of they're, they're lost without any hope and they don't understand what's going on. And now they've had these dreams and they don't understand these dreams. And so their countenance has fallen we're not treated by God this way. We're not treated by God this way. It's spelled out how we can be a friend of God. It says in John chapter 15 verse 14, You are my friends if, I do, if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I've called you friends for all things that I heard from my Father I have made known to you god doesn't leave us orphans he doesn't leave us wondering like these prisoners were wondering in this prison cell our countenance does not have to fall and we don't have to remain sad we can know what god wants because he tells us in his scripture what he wants us to do if we want to be a friend of god we can obey him verse 7 genesis 40. so he asked pharaoh's officers who were with him in the custody of his lord's house saying why do you look so sad today? And they said to him, We each have had a dream, and there's no interpreter of it. So Joseph said to them, Do, do not interpretations belong to God? Tell them to me, please. There are two things here. Number one, it, it, it's not good to speculate. It's not good to speculate. And we all have dreams. We talked about this this morning. I was telling the class uh, uh, two weeks ago, I had a dream that uh, there was a, I was trying to work on a clogged toilet you know the toilet was full and i couldn't i was taking the plunger to it in my dream and i i, I couldn't get it un, unstuck and you know we were talking about dreams so i started researching dreams and i went to a website and the website actually had here's the interpretation of what a clogged toilet means it means that you're trying to work some things out in your life well no duh <laughs> <laughs> you know We've got to be very careful and not speculate. You know, we all have dreams and their interpretations, if there's any interpretation to that dream, it belongs to God. That interpretation belongs to God. Don't get drawn in by a friend or a co-worker or somebody at school or somebody on TV or some website that says, God told me what this dream means. He told me blank blank. It's what I feel like this interpretation is. Don't get drawn into that. Interpretations belong to God. Number two, Joseph in in this passage, knowing he will be given the interpretation by God, knowing that he's going to be given this interpretation if he asks for it, he implores these, these, these prisoners, this baker and this butler, to tell him the dreams. The verb form here is an imperative verb form. He he really wants them to tell this. He, he, he's, he's begging them to tell this. Joseph really wants to know. You know, like any prophet of God or anyone who, who, who tells the good news today, the wanting to please God, the wanting to God to obey God, it just it just gets in your bones. You've got to go do it. You've got to want to do it. And, and when you want to do it, you just can't help but do it. And that's what Joseph wants her He's imploring... These, you know, it says, please, in the New King James Version, but that it goes a little further in the Hebrew language. He's begging these guys, tell me your dream. I can give you the interpretation because God's going to give it to me. I know what to tell you. Like Jeremiah, when he's persecuted for preaching God's Word, he said this, Jeremiah 20, verse 9, Then I said, I will not make mention of him nor speak about him anymore. I'm not going to talk about God anymore. Everybody's persecuting me for 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 speaking about God. Then he says this, but his word was in my heart like a burning fire, shut up in my bones. I was weary of holding it back and I could not. That fire, that, that the word of God was like a fire in his bones. He couldn't stop. He had to get it out. It's like Paul in, in 1 Corinthians 9 verse 16 For if I preach the gospel I have nothing to boast of for necessity is laid upon me Yes, woe is me if I don't preach the gospel We have got to have this fire to do God's will We've got to have a want to as servants of God Joseph is God's spokesman and I want you to notice here As we go into verse 9 of Genesis 40, I want you to notice here, he'll have to give the good and he'll have to give the bad after he hears the dreams of these two men. Then the chief butler told told his dream to Joseph and said to him, Behold, in my dream a vine was before me, and in the vine there were three branches. It was as though it budded, its blossoms shot forth, and its clusters brought forth ripe grapes. Then Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes and pressed them into Pharaoh's cup and placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. And Joseph said to him, This is the interpretation of it. The three branches are three days. Now within three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your place, and you will put Pharaoh's cup in his hand according to the former manner when you were his butler. Joseph, as God's man, speaks of reconciliation. For the butler that's the part of preaching that i like the most telling folks that they can be reconciled to god that they don't have to live in their sin that they don't have to live in their lost state that they can be reconciled to god i want to have the same ministry that paul had uh, keep your finger in genesis but i want you to turn because not only should should i want this ministry we should all want the same ministry that paul had turn to second corinthians chapter 5 verses 18 and 19 we should all want to strive to have this kind of a ministry 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verses 18 and 19 Paul writes this Now all things are of God just like all interpretations are of God Who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us notice the ministry of reconciliation that is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us. Notice what He's committed to us. The word of reconciliation. We should want to be able to tell this word of God. It should be our fire and our bones. Woe to us if we don't tell what God wants. The word of reconciliation has been committed to us. We have that. I love being able to tell anyone how they can be reconciled with God. You know, God can't have sin in His presence. So how does sinful man be saved? We talked about that last Sunday night, didn't we? Through the blood of Jesus Christ. That's how man is saved. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were afar off have been brought near by what? The blood of Jesus Christ. We've got to come in contact with that blood. Genesis 40, verse 14. But remember me, Joseph says to the butler but remember me when it's well with you and please show kindness to me make mention of me to Pharaoh and get me out of this house for indeed I was stolen away from the land of the Hebrews and also I have done nothing here that they should put me into the dungeon Joseph is looking for a friend too and he tells the butler his plight he wants the butler to remember him when the butler goes out in front of Pharaoh, what, what happens? The butler forgets, doesn't he? The butler forgets. We forget the goodness of the Lord every time we sin. We forget the goodness of the Lord every time we fall short of God's glory. We forget the, 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 we forget the Lord every time we take of the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner. We forget the goodness and the kindness of the Lord every time we envy and despise each other, when we don't love each other, when we're not unified and we're not looking out for each other. We forget God's goodness, God's glory, God's greatness. If we want the fullness of God's love, we have got to love Him enough to obey. It says in John chapter 14 verse 21, he who has my commandments and keeps them, notice is he who loves me. He who has my commandments and keeps them is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father and I will love him and manifest or make myself known to him. Now, the butler and the baker they had their own interpretations and of, of their dreams. And the, the, after hearing the butler's interpretation, the baker probably thinks he's pretty good. Wow, he had a great interpretation. He's going to be, you know, brought back into the fold by Pharaoh. i got to have a good one too. Let's see what he says. Verse 16 of Genesis chapter 40. When the chief baker saw that the interpretation was good, <laughs> he said to Joseph, I also had, was in my dream and, and there were three white baskets on my head. In the uppermost basket, there were all kinds of baked goods for Pharaoh, and the birds ate them out of the basket on my head. So Joseph answered and said, This is the interpretation of it. The three baskets are three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift off your head from you and hang you on a tree, and the birds will eat your flesh from you. Ugh. Not so good for the baker. But Joseph had to tell it. It was God's word. Preachers, much preach. We must preach the good and the bad. For the butler, it was restoration. For the baker, it was destruction. I could tell the congregation only positive things, but then. Acts 20, verse 27, I wouldn't be preaching the whole counsel of God, would I? I could tell the congregation of only destruction, only hell. But then there would be no edification. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11. There has to be a balance. You see, there has to be a balance. And in a way, we learn about this balance from this episode in Joseph's life. I could quote John three sixteen for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. But the Bible tempers itself there in John chapter three verse eighteen when it says, "He who believes is not condemned, but he who who does not believe is condemned already." Wait a minute, we're talking about everlasting life, just. Two verses before and now we're talking about condemnation yeah but the, the bible gives you the good and, and the bible gives you the bad and that's the way we've we've got to tell folks we've got to we can't withhold the bad and tell them only the good and we can't just ram ride the bad down people's throats and never tell them of the good there's got to be a balance we use this passage to understand a passage like mark chapter 16 verse 16 notice He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. There we see the balance in one sentence. There we see the balance in one sentence. And it depends on where you are, in which which way the the, the, the scales tip, you see. Do you need to be baptized and be saved? Do you not even believe? We must know the present so that we can understand and count on the future. Let's look at the future. Genesis chapter forty, verse twenty. Now it came to pass on the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday. Now can you imagine? Haley just Haley, you just had a birthday, didn't you? Can you imagine on your birthday, one of your birthday presents was you get to choose life or life and death for two of your friends. Now wouldn't that be something? Two of his co workers, I guess you'd say. Pharaoh on his birthday is going to decide life or death. Now it came to pass on the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, that he made a feast for all his servants. And he lifted up the head of the chief butler and of the chief baker among his servants. Then he restored the chief butler to his butlership again. And he placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. But he hanged the chief baker as Joseph had interpreted. Now I'm sure the butler was very glad and the baker was very scared. It seems like they had no choice in what was going to happen. But we do. (laughs) We do. We have a choice. We have a choice. We can be edified with God's plan of salvation and we can be horrified by God's end for the disobedient but unlike the butler and the baker, we have a choice. Now, before Jesus Christ comes back, Matthew 25 verse 31 says, When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the holy angels with Him, then He will sit on the throne of His glory. All the nations will be gathered before Him and He will separate them one from another as the sheep divides, as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats and He will set the, the sheep on His right hand and the goats on His left hand. Those who reject God's love will be be rejected. Those who have loved God enough to obey Him will be accepted. But notice the last verse of Genesis 40. Yet the chief butler did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. God was with Joseph, and the butler was... Ignorantly or not, in violation of God's will by his forgetfulness. Even though he did forget, God's plan was going to unfold. Let me say that again. Even though the butler forgot, God's plan was going to unfold. God's will is going to be done no matter what we do. Today we must choose to do God's will or forget. That's one of the choices, you know. To forget is one of the choices. You can make that choice today to forget. And if you want to forget today, to make that choice to forget, all you have to do is nothing. But if you want to be saved, all you have to do is come forward. Right now, it's together we stand in.